Welcome to Hope. Housing opens possibilities everywhere. Habitat for Humanity of Newcastle County's new podcast for those who are interested in affordable housing in Delaware and how Habitat for Humanity works with local stakeholders to confront the affordable housing crisis and bring people together to build home, communities, and hope. Well, welcome everyone to Hope. I'm your host, Kevin Smith, the CEO of Habitat Humanity of Newcastle County. And joining me today is our special guest, Eugene Young. Eugene is the director of the Delaware State Housing Authority, also known as DHSA. Uh, today, we have the privilege of talking with him uh, to discuss the affordable housing crisis here in Delaware and the programs that DSHA has available to help families in Delaware. Good afternoon, director. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. I'm always I'm always thankful for an invite. So especially from from you all from Habitat. So um, I'm I'm excited. Great, great. We really appreciate your time and and of course uh, all the work you're doing uh, with DSHA and across the state. Um, so um, you know, just so our audience can get to know you a little bit, can you share? Uh, with our podcast audience, your journey to becoming the director of DSHA. Oh wow! Um, well, I um, I just a little bit of background about myself. So mm-hmm. I'm born and raised Delawarean. Um, my uh, my father's from Chester, Pennsylvania. Um, my paternal side's from from Pennsylvania. My my maternal side is all Delaware. So my uh, my family has been in Delaware since my great grandmother came from Georgia and my great grandfather came from South Carolina and they moved and they actually have a, we actually have a marriage certificate um, from them when they lived on 11th and Orange in Wilmington in like 1919. Um, wow. So uh, I am Delaware through and through, <laughs> born and raised on the east side of Wilmington. Um, and uh, it's interesting, my journey towards housing um, is, is, is certainly interesting. I, uh, initially went to college, um, got two degrees, one in information systems, the other in sociology, um, uh, didn't do anything with either, um, came <laughs> back, um, co-founded a nonprofit organization, uh, for children, wanted to help in the community. And, um, within also, in addition to that, probably, within two months after finishing, most people don't notice, I actually went and got my real estate license. So um, as soon as I got home, got my real estate license. And so I worked um, almost 20 years ago, my first like official real job essentially was um, helping residents at uh, the village of Eastlake um, to make sure they're properly uh, qualified to move in. Um, and so that was like my first job out of college. First thing I ever did was working over at the village of Eastlake. Um, but, uh, since then, um, my, my, you know, life takes you in different paths. And so was there Then I worked in the general assembly for a few years, uh, under uh, representative Keeley and representative Bolden, um, left there and uh, worked for then Mayor Booker, now U.S. Senator Cory Booker. Um, Then ended up uh, afterwards uh, working 
um, as an advocacy director uh, for Delaware Center for Justice, um, working with a lot of individuals where housing is such like an intersection of, right, um, with men and women who are justice involved. Um, end up uh, running for mayor, lose by 234 votes, but who's counting? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we're housing, obviously, you know, during that campaign, um, during that race was was a big issue and, and certainly still is. Um, and uh, after that, co-founded another nonprofit, went and uh, ran the Metropolitan Wilmington Urban League, um, where, um, you know, we, we focused on housing from an advocacy standpoint. Um, and it was also um, unique in my job because I was asked to serve on, um, to serve as the, uh, uh, the co-chair for, it's, it's a acronym, uh, PRAC. They called it PRAC committee. It was a pandemic recovery advisory committee. And I was a co-chair along with um, uh, our lieutenant governor and others, and we focus specifically on community and small business um, and the intersections during the during COVID of this committee and housing were just, you know, all the way uh -huh. locked in. And so um, that was, I actually started working with the NAS, uh, my predecessor here at Delaware State Housing Authority and Marlena um, during that time period. That was when DSHA first, um, kicked off the rental assistance program at the time, which being uh, the first in the state of Delaware to do so, which was really cool, um, really cool as, as, you know, Delaware, we can get things done pretty quickly. Um, and uh, so then after after that, I was um, asked by the governor to, to join the team and I'm thankful certainly for that opportunity. Um, it's been um, it's been an amazing journey and I'm, and I'm truly appreciative of. It, it, it really sounds like uh, uh, a journey that's really uh, suited you well for this position. I mean, hearing you working with clients directly on housing issues, uh, getting to know the legislature firsthand, yes. and then, um, you know, the advocacy work also. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I just know I speak for my other colleagues. We're glad you're in that position, uh, the experience that you have. Uh, you bring a lot to the table. I also will share with you that uh, I think we have some things in common. Okay. Um, uh, I graduated from UD with a business major and an MIS minor. There we go. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I toyed around in the IT world for about seven years before the nonprofit world. Uh, I did not know that. I, I did not know that at all. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my, my family's roots are also from Georgia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so my it, parents are from Macon and Waycross. Okay, okay. One of our, um, one of uh, our site directors uh, actually um, uh, in at two of our sites in Sussex County is from Macon, Georgia. Okay. And, uh, he is. He is, and and he is a star. I'm. I am. Uh, Jeff does just does an amazing job, and he's a he's an absolute star. Has. Um, Definitely has that Georgia drawl, um, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I, I I love it. But we I'm I'm just thankful for the team that we have. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Great, great. Like I said, we're glad that you're uh, at Delaware State Housing Authority with all that uh, that experience. 
for those uh, tuning into our podcast who may not be familiar with uh, the Delaware State Housing Authority and kind of the role it plays here in the state, could you could you kind of go over the programs and, and some of the operations of it? Sure. So um, Delaware State Housing Authority, uh, we were uh, we're one of I, I tell a lot of people that we're one of the, the, the baby agencies and just our time um, uh, our, our years of, of existence. Uh, we were formed in 1968. Um, mm-hmm. Our mission is to focus on uh, providing um, uh, to efficiently provide and to assist um, in providing quality, um, affordable housing opportunities and uh, appropriate supportive services, which is key um, to low and moderate, moderate income Delawareans. So that's like who we are essentially. Um, but there, this comes in a variety of different ways, right? So um, many people know us as being um, us for being the, the finance agency. So we help people um, by providing a 30-year fix at, um, at current market rate or slightly below um, interest rates um, and helping many families, many first-time home buying families to move into that home. Um, and we also help by providing some down payment assistance uh, as well. That's been very critical and, and um, useful to a lot of families throughout our state. Uh, we do almost, I was, we, we easily do over $300 million in loans over the last few years. Wow. Um, and so many people um, may not know that aspect. Some people know us for that. And some people have no idea that that, that is a part mm-hmm. of our job and what we do. Um, many other aspects um, that we have. Uh, we're also the public housing authority for, um, we're not just the public housing authority, but also a community development agency for Kent and Sussex County. So um, that makes us fairly unique as well. We have around um, 600 brick and mortar units um, ranging in between. Um, our furthest northern one is in Middletown. Um, and, um, our furthest South is in Selbyville at the very bottom of the state. So, um, so not only are we a housing finance agency, but we're a community development, community development agent agency, and also public housing authority. So, um, there's only, I would say, I know it's less than five, um, other agencies out here like us. So many will just be a sole housing finance agency. Others will be a public housing authority um, in many cases um, that focus on community development, but you don't really find the two kind of combined. I think Alaska is um, similar to us and there's a couple others, but it's not it's not too many. Right. Right. So um, like we, we need we need new units of affordable housing and you all help finance that with various yeah. nonprofit and builders across the state. And then. Correct we've got affordable housing we need to maintain it and you provide like you said there's 600 units that are affordable correct um and those are different uh different kind of businesses within the affordable housing world so you must have different kind of strengths uh on your bench here with your staff to be able to handle different things like that absolutely i i I, the let, let me be very clear in saying this. I am incredibly, incredibly fortunate to have such an amazing staff. 
Um, we are, are a strong team. The majority of, just to provide even some uh, more context. So um, in Wilmington, um, we have um, one of our, our housing finance agencies works solely out of the Wilmington office mm -hmm. um, in the Carvel building. Um, but the majority of our, um, our programs are uh, my, my housing management team, my development team, um, policy and planning team. Um, they're all pretty much based in Dover. So, um, so we have what is also fairly unique. So we, we have our one kind of satellite office in Wilmington and then we all, but we have our main core is in Dover at, um, 18, the green, which is like two blocks away from legislative hall. Um, yeah. majority of our workers, um, come from like the Kent County, Sussex County area. Um, and so, um, we do as best we can to, because also it's, I feel like what makes us so strong is the fact that we have, you know, we're all just regular, ordinary people, common folk that are just trying to do good. And so, because we live close to around some of the same areas in which we serve, it puts mm. an emphasis on the type of service that we provide to our community. And so, um, this, this is, um, very much the core of like who we are um and 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 why at this point of time where housing is so critical um why having such an, a strong staff and strong team like this makes it that much even important yeah yeah um just again to, to help people understand dsha is a state agency Mm -hmm. operating within uh, the state of Delaware, correct. you all um, get budgeted dollars from the state, but do you, you also get federal money. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. So we receive, um, without going like too much into the mm -hmm. week, there's a variety of programs um, that we may receive some state money for. Um, may that be uh, like the housing development fund um, that helps spur more development um affordable housing or the downtown development district um funds that we received to help um businesses and affordable and and it's actually been a, a way to help affordable housing in many of these downtown development districts um these communities as well um but we also receive um uh community development block grants cdbg funds mm -hmm. we also um receive a like recently we received a boatload of funds from the american rescue plan act as i stumble through these acronyms um yeah. but we received federal dollars to help in pushing for more affordable housing program more affordable housing development within our state we also have um tax credits that we get through the low-income housing tax credit which ronald reagan started i believe in 1978 um to focus in on um, using tax credits through the IRS, through the federal government as a way to spur more development in at the state level. So we receive a kind of a balance of both state and federal dollars that we navigate in order to push and promote more affordable housing throughout the state of Delaware. It, it sounds complex. <clears throat> and, and then you kind of alluded to this in your first remarks. So you have all that going on. And then you just talked about the American recovery dollars mm -hmm. that came to the federal government, uh, you know, because of the effects of COVID and the effect it had on rental uh, renters and homeowners. 
So then you get to take on another program or two programs to help people stay in their housing. Yes. Uh, can you talk about uh, the scale and what you all have been able to do with that COVID relief money, what you, what the programs you ran because of that? Yes. Yeah, so we've, um, we've been able to, um, as I alluded to a little earlier, when my predecessor was here and I, and I give him a great deal of credit because he was a, an amazing, he was, he is an amazing individual. He's still, he's still here. He's still around. Um, Anas uh, Ben-Adi is, is still um, around. He's not a CFO at Delaware State University, but um, in typical Delaware fashion, when the pandemic first hit, um, a lot of community um, leaders, businesses, foundations, a whole bunch of different groups came together and said, we need to do something. Um, and so as restaurants were being closed and things of that nature, as we, no one ever knew what COVID-19 coronavirus was, trying to figure what, what was going on, um, we, uh, the Delaware State Housing Authority kind of worked with the collaboration of all these groups in order to get out um, the first rental assistance in the country. We were first. I think number two was maybe Maine. Um, Look at us still being first, the first state. First state. There you go. Exactly. So we were we were definitely the first to get it out um, using more of our local um, foundation, some state, just local dollars in order to keep people in their homes. Um, later on, um, the federal government um, provided a great deal of funds for all the states to do to continue on that work as we didn't know where the pandemic was at that time or even where it was heading or how long we were heading over there right um i remember thinking in my head that this may last like three months or two months mm -hmm. and, and um lo and behold years later it, it, it just um it just shows like the, the the depth and breadth of everything um but uh so we, that was the first program which help keep people in their homes. We've gotten out, um, you know, around $130 million, um, wow. which is a lot of money um, yeah. to, to come through our agency, our size. And more importantly, um, it's not just the, the money to come through, but to stand up a program in such a short period of time, um, it is not easy. And it is, um, it's a lot of other housing authorities um, throughout the country have struggled in doing so because it is not just hard to get a boatload of money and then to create the systems and processes to get it out to, we've gotten it out to over 22,000 households. Wow. Um, That's incredible. That is, that it, 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 it's, it's so many individuals that have been impacted by this, which is, which is a great thing, essentially keeping people in their homes. Right. Um, and so, um, we're very proud of the work that we've done. Um, but we recognize, you know, we have to, there's still some things that need to continue to need to be done with this program as we start trying to close it out because the federal government only gave us a tranche of money and they say, look, it has to be spent by um, this date, um, like most money that comes from the federal right. government. Um, as, as I say, the federal, federal government giveth and the federal government taketh away, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that was the first program that we're able to do. Then the second one is our uh, mortgage assistance program. And we've been able, uh, as of, I would say, over the last couple months, I think we're around $17 million that we've been able to get out. 
um, mm-hmm. assistance program. So essentially, the mortgage assistance program is kind of taken off as the rental assistance dies down a little. Um, and um, we've been we've been able to keep a lot of people in their homes. And what we see is that this program is very much important for two types of individuals. I would say um, one is the uh, the individual that um, you know I can give a specific case. There's a there's a woman in uh, Kent County, and she lost her husband um, due to COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. This woman is above the age of 70. Um, and because she lost that income, she was no longer able, um, she wasn't able to keep up because that's income that's gone. He was a working man. Yep. She, um, both elderly were not able to, she was not able to to keep up with the amount, um, the mortgage payment um, after losing her husband, let alone dealing with just the loss of a spouse. Um, and so she ends up working three jobs. Wow. Uh, above the age of 70 to keep, um, to try to keep up with um, uh, said mortgage payments. And her main goal was, you know, I don't want to be in the situation. I don't, I lost enough in losing my husband. Mm-hmm. I also lose the house um, that that we've shared together. And uh, so she was doing these three jobs, uh, doesn't have enough money, car breaks down. She ends up walking to these jobs. It's just, it was it was horrendous, but the mortgage assistance program was able to help because it was able to work with her lender um, and servicing her loans so that essentially she was able to refinance to a lower uh, a lower monthly rate. Oh, good. Able to help her adjust to life without her husband due to him passing from COVID, and so so issues so things like that, or it could just be the restaurant worker that worked for for six months um did not have a job and but come month seven they're still able they're, they get a get a job either return to that job or get a new job and they're able to make payments but they're not able to cover it for those six months right where they were um where they were out of the workforce and so it could also help in that um process and helping some of those um individuals to kind of pay that gap um, for those who have some large issues and helping to to refinance and, and work with their monthly payments moving forward. Those are great stories and examples of what you all have been able to, to help accomplish. I mean, we've already got a housing homeless problem in the state Correct. of Delaware. And to consider that you all helped over 22,000 households keep from moving towards homelessness yeah. by retaining their housing is incredible. Yeah. I think uh, all of us in the in Delaware should be grateful to you and your staff for for taking that that task on. Right? It, it sounds like a a great thing. We're going to get all this money, but you know, how do you like you said put together a program and do it well? And and you and your team have done that. Thank you so much for for doing that. Um, you know, we <clears throat> we've been talking about the need and uh, I know you're acutely aware uh, of the need. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Habitat Free Man of Newcastle County is a member of the Housing Alliance of Delaware. Mm-hmm. And so recently, all of us who are members um, um, learned and joined you at the Joint Finance Committee because the governor is recommending a large increase, the largest in decades, to affordable housing. Yeah. Um, 
can you highlight some of the key components, uh, you know, and what that will do for what we're all trying to do in affordable housing? Sure, sure. So um, when it comes to this issue of um, investment, um, I and I'm not saying this because of my role, because it could be easy for me to try to do that. I'm just saying it's because it's, it's a fact. Um, there is no governor that has put more money to affordable housing than Governor John Carney. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just this this investment um, of over 120 million dollars is unprecedented. And mm-hmm. you and I, we've had conversations <laughs> offline, um, um, uh, and and you've pushed. And I say this to the podcast, Kevin has pushed lovingly um, <laughs> in in regards to needing more money for affordable housing. Um, and many others, um, and many others, and and we we certainly appreciate that. And and because of the many conversations, and certainly recognizing the need in housing, um, you know, the governor has um, pretty much said, "Look, we're going to you know put the money where our mouth is. Essentially, focus on having a budget." You know, oftentimes it said, you know. If you want to know where someone's priorities, where their morals, where, who they are, their values, um, look at their budget. Look no further mm-hmm. than where they put their money, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the governor has made a major investment um, of around 100, approximately $120 million in housing um, to the state of Delaware. And that comes in a variety of ways, and I'll bring it all together. So um, initially, uh, the governor put uh, sixty million dollars in uh, ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act funds, um, for into the housing space, um, and afterwards, um, or rather, in addition to at that time, um, the governor also specifically identified housing projects throughout the state, um, where around thirty-two million, approximately thirty-two million, was identified. Um, and given direct allocations. Um, so these are projects from um, ranging all throughout the state, Sussex County, poultry farm workers, land bank um, in Kent and Sussex, um, land bank in Wilmington, um, project for affordable housing in Newark, you name it, a variety of projects throughout the state. Um, in addition, um, the governor is also, um, in, in addition to the the 60 million, then the uh, uh, 32, approximately 32 million um, for direct pro- projects. The governor also went back and um, put 30 million from the general fund, which is a huge deal on the mm-hmm. state side, um, to affordable housing as well. So the 60 and the 30 million, I didn't go dive into like where these funds are going to go, but I, I'll do that now if it's okay. Yeah, yeah, please. So, so we have um, that 90 million is going to go to four, four and a half, I would say, programs that we have uh, for affordable housing that we've, we've created. One is the Catalyst Fund. Um, you're very familiar with um, it is essentially designed to create affordable home ownership opportunities um, through the acquisition and rehabilitation of vacant homes and properties throughout our state. Um, many people will know this because it was a hugely popular program. Um, through our, it's, it's similar to our Strong Neighborhoods program, 
uh, which was used, as you're well aware of, we did a um, groundbreaking in Newcastle Route 9 corridor area. Yep. Um, long story short, what this Catalyst program does, if someone, uh, they eyes up the eye property, decide to purchase it for $50,000, um, they put $100,000 into the property in uh, rehabilitation. Uh, essentially, they put this work in, but the house can only sell for 100000 Uh Well, Delaware State Housing Authority, we will cover the $50,000 uh, appraisal gap, essentially that gap of funds so that the developer is still able to walk away whole. Um, mm -hmm. and we provide a developer fee for said project. Um, and even more important, the a homeowner is able to move into that property and help stabilize that community. Uh, and so this is a huge program, um, especially in many neighborhoods and communities where there's multiple homes in uh, disarray, disrepair. Uh, this helps stabilize essentially blocks, which then stabilizes neighborhoods, communities, towns, so on and so forth, uh, by dealing with some of these properties that are in disarray and disrepair. So that's the first one. The second is the accelerator fund. Um, and this is designed to incentivize market rate developers to provide affordable rental housing uh, and plan uh, construction projects. So essentially, we're building in affordability in many areas where you would not be able to get any affordable mm -hmm. period. And areas that I think of this, and we've been having conversations about, are uh, areas in like Eastern Sussex, uh, where there's just a complete lack of um, affordable housing for the men and women that provide the work on the Eastern side of Sussex. Um, and so we're we're doing this as a certainly an opportunity to get more uh, workforce development, more affordable housing available. Uh, the third is our market pressure relief fund. Um, this is designed to relieve many of our affor affordable housing developers of a lot of the hurt and pain that they went through um, throughout the pandemic, where essentially when you make your initial budget, um, you budget July 1, um, lumber being one price and mm -hmm. by August one, I mean, literally, you know, it's almost like 24 hours. It feels, it feels, it feels or felt like at that time, but within a 30 day window or a 90 day window, lumber jumps up two, three fold and your budget is totally busted. And, um, this is an opportunity to help a lot of the, um, a lot of our affordable housing developers to behold because essentially we need to make sure they're whole so that they can do more jobs and do more projects to get more people um, get more units available for people to walk yep. in yeah um so that is uh, uh an, uh an important program and then lastly uh we have a smaller program that we're a pilot program that we're running um we have a rent reporting uh pilot which helps around 400 low-income renters because what it does is we work with um, uh, uh, some of the credit agencies um, and also other organizations to help people get um, credit for good, uh, help establish good credit for the rent payment that they're making every month to their landlord. Um, oftentimes, this is something that is not taken into consideration when you go to your normal Equifax and, you know, 
um, other rent reporting agency, excuse me, other credit um, credit reporting agencies. And so um, this helps helps many renters to be able to have that sent to um, the Equifax's TransUnion trans, trans and others um, to be able to get there, uh, to build their, um, essentially build their credit score for the amount of rent that they're providing every month to their landlord. So this is a small pilot that we're working on right now, but we think it can really be helpful to a lot of families in the future, helping to establish credit. And here's the good thing about it. It doesn't do anything on the negative side. So if you don't um, provide, um, if someone misses a couple months, that's not, mm. not, that information is not provided. It's only provided if you are actually providing, um, you're, you're making those payments, um, then the information is, is provided to uh, the credit reporting agencies. It, it uh, <clears throat> the way you're describing too how how the governor's laid this out. It sounds really comprehensive. Uh, more money for affordable housing developers, money for uh, developers, not just the affordable housing developers, but developers, because we need more capacity in the space to produce housing. And then also how, trying to help prepare uh, renters and home buyers Correct. down the line. It's um, <clears throat> as you know us and. So many others are very supportive of this. And, um, you know, we just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you live in Delaware, uh, to contact your legislatures, mm -hmm. uh, your legislators, and just tell them that you support uh, what the governor is trying to do with housing in, the, in this year's budget. It's really crucial that your legislators hear uh, from their constituents that housing is a priority and, uh, and what the director that's laid out here and what's going to happen is going to be so important. So we've, we've talked a little bit about um, <clears throat> where you've come from, mm -hmm. uh, where DSH at, DSHA is at. Can you just take a few moments to just talk about um, where do you see things going mm -hmm. as you look forward? Um, you know, besides the budget piece, are there other kind of uh, issues, uh, priorities you see coming down the line for DSHA? Yeah, so um, we are laser, like my job, essentially, let me let me even take a step back. Uh, I is, it, you know, I said this to my wife not long ago, like I literally, and I, and I, first of all, let me be clear, I love my job. I enjoy my job. I am thankful, uh, incredibly thankful for this opportunity um, to be um, at this juncture and being able to to work in this space. I think every 10 to 15 years, um, there is a big issue that comes up um, in our country, right? There's, a, there's, there's always like a massive issue that comes up. And uh, I would say 10 years ago, um, it was right around criminal justice reform um, and also because of issues with the banks and things of that nature. So it was kind of like, it was a, a mix between the two, but I think criminal justice reform was a huge issue where um, books were written, documentaries were made, you know, one of those kind of things. Um, and I think we are at that point with housing right now in our country. Um, you know, there is a, many people will say there's around um, 4 million housing, 4 million units that are missing from our country right now. Um, which would be almost four Delawares. <laughs> uh, I mean, essentially just the 
for for housing the amount of units that people would you know occupy um so we have a job to do and as a state we're behind around you know national low-income housing coalition will say we're behind eighteen thousand. somewhere else will say around thirteen thousand. there's somewhere you know somewhere in that ballpark um we so for me i go to sleep wake up thinking about a how thankful i am for this opportunity um but also how important this work is and how we got to get more units up um more units more units more units more units and then more units after that <laughs> um so so it is that is what i am deeply committed to um and so this for 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 the the near future it is about clearly executing on the funds that we have to make sure that there are more units available to make sure that we're doing our proper due diligence that we're proper stewards of these funds to get more units of uh, available for the people of our state also a lot of the funds from the federal side have timelines um connected to them uh so the federal government gave us the money kind of late but they have an expectation that we have to get the get the return and, and get these units off of our books and have units actually brick and mortar units done um within a certain period of time so we have our work cut out for us but the focus is uh predominantly on um getting more units up and preserving as many units as possible and that's one thing i forgot to say with the programs that we have um uh, the other program that we have along with the catalyst accelerator and the rent reporting program is the preservation fund um and focusing on the fact that there are um as you all know there's uh properties and there's um low-income housing units that are affordable right now there's a there's a almost an there is an agreement made um when you take a certain amount of federal dollars that you say essentially i will keep for those federal dollars we will keep our units affordable for 30 mm -hmm. years essentially right and um we we have many different um uh units throughout this state that were initially created around 30 years ago um in certain areas that were not as much of destinations as they are today so um there are a variety of units um some in newcastle county but the predominant um the large overwhelming majority in like Sussex county areas of Sussex county where i'm thinking off the top of my head there's um a portfolio of properties that are um affordable right now um mm -hmm. in, the, in the lewis area that um if we do not use these funds to help preserve them for another 30 years they will become market rate and essentially if these properties become market rate they will never be affordable again and yep. so yep. we have an obligation to make sure these units are able to stay affordable for a lot of uh the families so that you know literally once month uh year 30 is done um that next the next day they can go market rate immediately um yep. and so our job and our goal is to keep them affordable and to get more units available throughout our state um we are um you know i, I say this all the time like you know and and uh kurt foreman of the um Delaware Prosperity Partnership um, uh, will we'll say this, but we are uh, the gem in our region as a state. 
Um, we have people moving to the state by the droves. Um, and they're moving into Middletown. They're moving into Sussex County. Um, we have so many people coming. Um, we per, I believe even per capita, we are the highest, um, we have the most, the highest income, the importer of people into our state, mm -hmm. um, by far more than um, per capita. I mean, I say, but by far more than your New York, your New Jersey, um, your Pennsylvania, um, we are, we are a gem. And so, uh, with that said, we have so many people already coming and we already have a lack of units as it is. And so it just puts compounds and adds more pressure to, um, on the housing industry in our state. And yep. so we have to make sure that we're on overdrive more and getting more units available for the people of our state to, to move into at all, pretty much at all income levels, but in particular, um, at those at the moderate and low income range. Yep. Yep. Well, Eugene, you said, uh, you were thankful for, uh, the position you have and I speak, uh, for, all of us and say, we're thankful you have that position. We're thankful for your leadership. Uh, Eugene Young, the director of Delaware State Housing Authority, thank you for your time today, uh, for being on our podcast. Hopefully people have learned more about you and, and your agency and the important work that you're doing and, and planning on doing. Uh, we wanna thank everyone for listening to this episode of Hope, where housing opens possibilities everywhere. Join us on the 15th of every month for new episodes about how we are working to build homes, community, and hope here in Delaware. For more information about the Delaware State Housing Authority, visit www.destatehousing.com. And for more information about Habitat Newcastle County, visit www.habitatncc.org.